We are continuing our breakdowns and season previews and predictions for each Big Ten team. So no matter if you're an Ohio State fan for this video, don't worry, I got you covered. For no matter what your Big Ten team was, if you have not subscribed yet to the show or the channel, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, the Takeover Sports Network. And if you prefer to listen to this in podcast version, click the description. There's a link in there for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. And follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98 so you can interact. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to see in the next video. So for Ohio State to say that their season in 2022 was frustrating would be a bit of an understatement. Um, they beat big-time opponents. Notre Dame at the time was pretty big-time finished season, pretty solid. Beat Penn State um, at Penn State. They blew out several teams and at times were firing on all cylinders on both offense and defense. And yet they lost for a second straight year to their rival in Michigan uh, in kind of a blowout fashion. Uh, and they lost to Georgia in a heartbreaking game in a game where you know, it, it really did seem like they should have won that game. And I'm not even talking about the Marv Harris Jr. call. I'm just saying the overall flow of the game really felt like they should have won. They have some questions heading into 2023, but they are certainly a playoff contender. They're certainly a playoff contender. So when we look at some reasons to be excited on offense first specifically, Buckeye fans, the biggest question we all know is who starts at quarterback. I don't think this answer between Kyle McCord, former five-star quarterback in the 2021 class, who's more of that pocket passer, has some athletic ability, but by no means is a Justin Field, JT Barrett. Don't think he has as much athletic ability as CJ Stroud. More of that pocket passer. Him versus Devin Brown, who is more of that electric playmaker using his feet to make to extend the extend the play to you know be able to scramble a little more, be able to be involved a little more in the, the zone read game, right? Adds a little bit of a different element as a former five-star quarterback from the 2022 class. Uh, I don't think the answer will be determined by the time we get into fall camp. I think at the very least, we will not know until the end of fall camp. And it might even be a situation where, hey, the first couple of weeks are still part of that open tryout, open battle for quarterback, because you have some teams at the beginning, we have the ability to do that. You play Indiana week one. You play Youngstown State week two. You play Western Kentucky week three. So you have some warm up, warm up to do that before you play the big time teams at Notre Dame specifically. Before you get in the Big Ten slate. So either way, I, I tend to lean towards Kyle McCord. That's not necessarily a favorite a favorite pick of mine. I would really like to see what Devin Brown could do. It's a shame he couldn't play in the spring game. I lean towards Kyle McCord being the starter, and I trust Ryan Day's valuation and system setup for quarterbacks. He proved it with Dwayne Haskins, proved it with Justin Field, proved it with C.J. Stroud. He produces big-time quarterbacks, no matter their style, no matter their ability. They all three had top-end ability, obviously. And no matter who the playmakers are around them, and again, they all had pretty high-end playmakers around them. So I tend to lean with Kyle McCord that he's going to start. And so whoever it is, even if it's Devin Brown, they're going to have big shoes to fill. But honestly, Buckeye fans, outside of the, the reputation of Ryan Day as the quarterback whisperer, is there a lot of reason to worry about the offense? No, not really, because both guys are five-star quarterbacks, right? They're both ultra-talented. There are also other teams filling quarterbacks for going into 2023 with a new starter. And not all of these teams have the best offensive skill in the entire country like the Buckeyes do. I, maybe that's a bold thing to say. I don't really think it is. The Buckeyes have the best offensive skill in the entire country. When you look at just their receiver, you, obviously you're going to headline it with Marvin Harrison Jr., He's the best player in all of college football. Um, I, I thought he might have been the best player in all of college football last year. Jalen Carter, I think, takes that 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 honor right there. Maybe Will Anderson out of Bama. Um, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is not just the best receiver, best player in all of college football 
going into 2023. He's a future top five, if not top two draft pick. You got a Mecca Buka at wide receiver, probably the second best wide receiver in college football. He's lining himself up to be a first round pick in 2023. Maybe that's more of the, you know, outside of the top 15 range. Maybe it's in the top 15 range, like we saw with Garrett Wilson and company a couple of years ago. You also have Cade Stover, who is one of the top tight ends in the country. Surprised he decided to come back, but that only can help elevate his draft stock. And then you got wide receivers, Julian Fleming, who proved himself last year being out for a while with injuries. Jaden Ballard, who has been, you know, the, the talk of the town in Columbus during spring ball. And then Carnell Tate, the freshman who turned some heads at the spring game. And then Xavier Johnson, too, who showed out in multiple big ways. Notre Dame specifically, who was the former walk-on, who's jack-of-all-trades, can play inside and outside at receiver, played running back in, in high school, played running back at times for Ohio State when there was injuries. You have ultra-top talent in at, at the top for their depth chart in terms of an all-time great Ohio State receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., first-round pick in Emeka Buka, a top-tier tight end in Kate Stover, and depth behind that that is in the shape of four- and five-star recruits or in the shape of former four- or five-star recruits that are proven to be a, a more than capable wide receiver three, wide receiver four, who would probably be a lot of teams wide receiver two or one in some cases. At running back, the unit was certainly hurting last year. They were not healthy. Um, and, and it showed with the fully healthy group in 2023, they are very top-heavy, but they're also very deep because of the that injury issues last year where some of these guys had some more experience, had to you know get the rock a few more times than they were probably used to or probably hoping the coach staff was hoping for in 2022. Trayvon Henderson, Mayan Williams are a top-tier running back duo. Um, I tend to believe that if everyone's fully healthy, Trayvon Henderson is the best running back on that team. He's got the most uh, home run ability. Uh, he's not so much the skinnier kind of um, receiving back only. He's a good mix of both. We saw it in the screen game. We saw it in between the tackles. Mayan Williams is that bruiser. I really like him. I don't tend to believe that if Mayan Williams is your running back one, I don't think the offense is in the best hands right there just because of Trey Anderson's big playability. But Mayan Williams will start for the majority of teams in college football too. Uh, and then behind them, you got Dallin Hayden, five-star freshman last year who got a lot of snaps with really good opportunities. Chip Trainum, believe he's staying at running back, transferred in to play linebacker, um, but, in, but was a running back in high school. And it looks like he's going to stay at running back as well. The biggest question on offense really is the offensive line. They lost Paris Johnson. They lost Dewan Jones. They lost Luke Whitebler. And they returned two starters, left guard Donovan Jackson, who was a former five-star recruit, number one guard in his class. No reason he cannot and should not be a first-rounder in 2024. Uh, he's got all the talent to do that. He played really well at times. He struggled at times last season, too. Matt Jones is the other guy returning at right guard, multi-year starter, veteran, struggled at times during the season, thought he got better as the season went on, but did really struggle at times during the season. So when you look at those two, those only returning starters, Josh Fryer is one who played in some spot duty at right tackle last season. Thought he played really well at right tackle when he had to last season. Looks like they're kicking him over to left tackle um, where he struggled a bit in the spring game. Now, when we got through defense and the defensive players, there's good reason to struggle against some of the top defensive ends in the country, but you're going to play the top defensive ends in the country too. And if you make it to the playoffs, you're going to play, the top defensive ends in the draft, you know, whoever it may be. And then uh, right tackle, I, I tend to lean towards Josh Simmons, the transfer from San Diego State. They brought him here for a reason. He's a, a you know, couple-year starter. 
I, I tend to believe that he's going to win that job. I don't think he's going to play left tackle. I wish he could because I think Josh Fryer is a, would be a better uh, player at right tackle, but that's not for me to, to make that decision. And then at center, Carson uh, Heinzman, it looks like he's also going to be the one starting some other guys behind him too. On defense, this is where a lot of Buckeye fans um, kind of tip their hat and go, now nah, that's great. The offense, we all know it's going to be really good, but the defense is what's going to struggle and bite us in the end. The defense in 2022 significantly compared to 2021. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Jim Knowles coming in, uh, we knew he was a, was a borderline elite defensive coordinator. I think he is an elite defensive coordinator. And the, the problem that Ohio State fans have and that other fans see is that there's so much talent. There's so much recruiting talent on the team. There's so much already established talent on the team last year specifically that it's great you you played well against teams and games that you should have. Great we don't look like 2021 or 2020 anymore playing teams that you have no business letting you know get 500 yards total of offense right it's it's great you wipe that problem out but it's it, it's 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 a shame that as that they were as big of a liability as they were against michigan and against georgia specifically uh, michigan granted the offense did not help them in the second half but the the defense's response to big play after big play after big play given up against Michigan just was not adequate. And there's a reason they lost that game tune the partially because of the offense, some of the, the coaching decisions, but a large chunk due to the defense. And then Georgia, yes, Georgia had a lot of playmakers or elite talent, but man, the offense was doing everything they could and more, scored 41 points, played probably the best offensive game of the season from them, best career game from C.J. Stroud, and the defense couldn't do anything. So when you look at 2023, it has to change, and I tend to believe that it will. At D-line, your headline at D-N, Jack Sawyer, J.T. Tuomaiola, two five-star defensive ends. I expect both of them to take huge jumps. Jack Sawyer played a lot of stand-up defensive end, a little bit of that hybrid role last year. Word is that he's going strictly defensive end, hand in the dirt, which is what he needs. J.T. Tuomaiola, uh, also a guy that had big-time performances, Penn State specifically. I think both these guys could be first round picks. JT Tuomayo, I think, would be the likely one to make that jump. I think he's the one to have that jump, that dominant, the the potential of the Chase Young like sophomore to junior season jump. Now, Chase Young was a monster his junior year. I mean, the best player in the country. I don't think JT Tuomayo is going to do that, but there's no reason he can't jump up and have a 12 sack season, 13 sack season, um, his junior year. At D-tackle, Mike Hall and Ty Hamilton. Mike Hall specifically has been a lot of projections to be a first-round pick. Uh, and they're deep at D-tackle. Ty Hamilton, like I mentioned, Tyleek Williams, who had a great freshman season 2021, looking to kind of replicate that with his pass-rushing ability. Jaden McKenzie, transfer from Ole Miss. And then at linebacker, man, Tommy Eichenberg. Can't say enough about this guy. He turned completely turned around last year, where 2021 was a mess for not just him, but the whole defense. He turned it around, was one of the best linebackers in the country this year, decided to come back for another season. Steel Chambers uh, is also there, who had an excellent season last year. C.J. Hicks is another name to keep an eye out for. Number one linebacker in his class. Got injured later in the season, I believe, maybe mid to late, made later in the season. It's hard to crack that starting lineup when you have Tommy Eicherberg and Steel Chambers there. But if you are that talented and that ready, there's no reason you can't play and make a significant impact. DBs. And the secondary is where things get a little interesting because this is where a lot of people will say, 
man, you know, the pass rush for the past couple of years hasn't been the standard we've seen at Ohio State. The the Nick Boses, the Joey Boses, the Chase Young, the, you know, so on and Sam Hubbard, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, the running defense was good. The linebackers played much better. And then the secondary came along, and they did not get the job done, specifically against Michigan, specifically against um, Georgia. You can look back at Utah in the Rose Bowl in 2021, I guess 2022 at that point in January. Uh, there's no reason to think that this secondary can't go back to being what the standard is at Ohio State. Denzel Burke had a phenomenal freshman year in 2021, did not look great in 2022. There's no reason he can't back, get back to that Ohio State tradition of having lockdown corners. The other name to be really excited about uh, is Davison Igbenosin, an old Miss transfer, started as a freshman last year for them, been making big-time plays in the spring. Long, athletic, rangy corner who brings that attitude. I expect him to start. Jordan Hancock as well, highly touted freshman, uh, highly touted recruit, excuse me, um, had some injuries going on. I expect him to start as well, among a few others. Safety is where you have some more experience. Lathan Ransom was a very uh, sneaky good safety last year. He's got a very smooth, quiet, yet really high-performing um, level of play to his game. Yes, he had his mistakes, but then again, who doesn't? Excited for his season. Josh, Josh Proctor hoping to stay healthy this season. Cam Martinez and Sonny Styles, the five-star recruit out of Columbus, who got some time last year towards the end of the season. Big, big kid, big rangy athletic kid. You could play him at outside linebacker, that hybrid spike, play him at safety, you could potentially play him at corner. Look for that safety group and that DB group overall to be able to make that jump, in my opinion, under a second era of Jim Knowles defense. Jod Carter is another name, is a huge upgrade from Syracuse. Had a, a knee injury or an ankle injury in spring ball, but nothing major from what I've seen. Uh, he was a beast at Syracuse. I expect him to start um, besides Latham Rantham, uh, maybe those three in tandem, the Ransom, Carter, Proctor, you know, some combination of that. Not really sure how it all play out in terms of civic safety versus hybrid versus those, those you know, outside linebacker hybrid positions, but I expect him to, to to be there and to make a big difference in the secondary for Ohio State. The defense has elite talent at every level. I mean, they have the recruits. They have the bona fide playmakers already at each level. There's no reason they can't go back to being not just good, but elite. Think back to 2019 Ohio State defense where, man, that offense was really good. It was elite with Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, Chris Olave. And then you had the defense that had Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, Arnett, right? You had these big time playmakers on both sides of the ball. And just so happens they played a, a quarterback named Trevor Lawrence and that quarterback had to go play Joe Burrow. So it's a very good year for college football year, but there's no reason that they can't get back to that 2019 level. So when we look at Ohio State's schedule, this is where I think, obviously this is all subjective. This is just my take on it. This is my opinion, but um, this is how I see Ohio State season going out for them. I See them, obviously, the first three games, wiping the floor with Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. This is a chance for the offensive line to shore up. This is a chance for whoever is the starting quarterback, or if there's still a battle going, to get that figured out, get the nerves out, get a click with the offense, figure out who your favorite targets are other than Marvin Harrison Jr., Mekek Buka. And then you go into week four. Week four at Notre Dame is big. Uh, one, because Notre Dame is a very good football program, football team. Um, Marcus Freeman is building something really good there. In my opinion, they got Sam Hartman, the, the quarterback transfer from Wake Forest, who was a gunslinger, uh, who I really like going to this year issue for Notre Dame is that I don't think at a level by level basis, they're as talented 
as Ohio State. Javante Jean-Baptiste transferred from Ohio State to Notre Dame, who was one of Ohio State's backup defensive ends. And when I say backup, I don't necessarily mean the second string. I mean, he was kind of that two and a half. He was a good player, uh, played against him. Good player, but he's going to start at Notre Dame now. And so that kind of tells you a little bit some of the talent difference at Ohio State, Notre Dame across the board. I think Ohio State gets that done in a hostile environment. Maryland, I think they win that game at Purdue. There will not be a repeat of the past of Purdue. Uh, I, I don't not nothing against Purdue, but Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Jalen Graham are gone. It's going to hurt them this year. Penn State is a team that you'll see in a video when I cover them. They are one of the most complete teams in all of college football from top to bottom. Uh, they've got a, a elite linebacker core. They've got depth at receiver. They've got an elite running back duo, and uh, you know high high end talent at O line high-end talent in the secondary. They've got it all. Um, the thing for Penn State will be Drew Aller. And if Drew Aller makes some steps, right, and takes some steps forward towards his potential to be a high-end starter, which I think he will be, um, then you will see Penn State probably go 11-1, and 10-2, and 11-1. and one. Um, If he takes steps to have a sophomore season similar to Drake May, I don't know if Ohio State pulls this out. The edge is that this is at home for Ohio State. It is not at Penn State. Um, I think that would have been very difficult. And so I do think that Ohio State wins this game. I think this would be one of the most consequential games of the college ball season because I think the winner of this game will win the Big Ten East and will have a guaranteed spot in the playoff. I think the loser of this game still potentially sneaks into the playoffs. I think the winner of that game, which I think of Ohio State, is the Big Ten East and the Big Ten overall conference champion. The next week is not any easier at Wisconsin. I love what Wisconsin's building. I think they're going to end up winning the Big Ten West and going to Indianapolis. I only think Wisconsin loses this game. I think Wisconsin goes 11-1. and Maybe they slip up to Iowa. Tanner Mordecai and Luke Fickle there in tandem for the Badgers. I still think Ohio State pulls it off. They're going to blow through Rutgers. I think they'll blow through Michigan State. Both teams not too high on this year. Minnesota, I think they win. Uh, don't know if it's a blowout necessarily. I think they win comfortably, but Minnesota is always a tough and gritty team. And then, of course, the big one, the game, the greatest rivalry in all of sports, not just college ball, the greatest rivalry in all of sport. Um, I think Ohio State beats Michigan, and, and, and I know it's at Michigan. I know it's a new quarterback. I know Michigan arguably has the best team of the Jim Harbaugh era, but I don't see Ohio State losing three years in a row to Michigan. Now, granted, I said that last year too. I didn't see Ohio State losing two years in a row to Michigan. I, there's a standard that has been built in the 21st century at Ohio State, and that is to beat Michigan and to beat up on them. And I think you're going to see after that Georgia game from Ohio State where, yes, they lost, but from an offensive standpoint, especially the way they attacked, the confidence they had, the style that they had, understanding their strengths and using that. Ryan Day's best game he called yet as the play caller. Even if Brian Hartline is a play caller for Ohio State, I think you see more of that style. And I think that translate translates to their season this year and specifically at Michigan. The defense will be improved. Michigan's offense is only going to be better with Corman Edwards and McCarthy coming back. And that offensive line uh, still being as dominant as they are. I think Ohio State wins this game. I think Ohio State finishes 12-0, and I think they win the Big Ten. So the thing for Ohio State is that they're very capable of getting back to the standard of beating Michigan this year. They're very capable of getting back to the standard of winning a national championship. You have to measure them against other contenders. 
Uh, all of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State are replacing their quarterbacks. Ohio State has the best supporting cast for a new quarterback. They do. And it's not particularly close. A wide receiver, running back, uh, tight end overall. O-line is where you get a little questionable. I think Georgia's got a better O-line. They also have just as much, if not more, talent on defense than any of those teams. And I don't think that's a hot take to say. Clemson is different. Uh, USC and Caleb Williams are there, but you know, will their defense be there as well? Maybe Washington or Florida State rise up as well. And then there's Michigan, like I mentioned. I just don't see Ohio State losing three years in a row to them. I think they're, the season for Ohio State, there truly is potential to get back to national championship expectations and to win a national championship. That is the for, that is the baseline standard for Ohio State this season, and there's no reason they can't. If Alabama was returning Bryce Young, it would be a little different. If Georgia was returning you know, more players than they have lost to, to the draft, when you talk about Jalen Carter, when you talk about Stetson Bennett, so on, so on and so forth, then it'd be a different story. If Clemson had a little more stability to their program, it'd be a different story. If Florida State was a little more consistent or Washington was more consistent and not looking to go into this year as a playoff contender, then it'd be a little, then it, it'd be a little different. I think Ohio State is one of the – let me put it this way. They have the second best odds to win the national championship. Georgia's at plus 200 to plus 300 right now. Ohio State is at plus 600 right now, I believe tied with Alabama, uh, Michigan's at plus 1,000. So the standard for Ohio State to get back to the national championship is there. I'm not saying it's going to happen um, because you never know what happens in college football. I expect them to be in the playoffs. I expect them to be undefeated, and I expect them to get back to their standard of beating Michigan and getting that potential to win a national championship. Again, if you have not already, follow me on Twitter at DonnieMac98. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, the TakeOver Sports Network. Again, if you want to listen to this in podcast form, click the description. You can find all the links for that and my Twitter and the show's Twitter and the network's Twitter. All that is in there um, for the show and for the network. I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.